Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Prior to landing an interview, Orion will work with you on updating your resume, deciding which jobs are a good fit for you, preparing you to answer difficult interview questions, among many other things. But once you've made it into the interview and you're sitting in the hot seat, your ability to sell yourself is what's ultimately going to move you forward in the hiring process. The phrase sell yourself is used a lot in the recruiting industry, and I'm sure you've heard it many times as well. Today, we're going to unpack what it really means to sell yourself, why it can be more difficult for military candidates to do so, and we'll also discuss the differences between selling yourself and bragging. Daniel Jacob, an Orion recruiter and former Navy electrician's mate, joins the show to give an inside look at how he coaches candidates to sell themselves during the interview process. If you're listening to this and you'd like us to cover a topic you faced in your transition or just something you'd like to learn more about, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Daniel. Good to have you with me today. Hey, good morning, Megan. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad that you're on. I know it's uh, you've been here at Orion for a while, but it's your first time on the podcast, so hopefully this goes well and I can have you back to discuss more topics in the future. Definitely, of course. Well, today um, we're going to talk about a very important topic, which is selling yourself. And there's so much great advice out there for how to succeed in the interview process from doing your homework to knowing some of the frequently asked interview questions, asking the right questions of the company. And we have podcasts on all of those topics because they are super important. But a lot of times I think that one of the keys to actually getting a second interview or an offer, um, ultimately securing a job is your ability to successfully sell yourself. And I know that you'll have some insight on this as a recruiter. So um, before we get started, can you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Definitely. So uh, I was in the Navy for nine years as an electrician's mate, uh, served on board the USS Carl Vinson, uh, transitioned over to instructor duty, uh, where I taught a couple of electrical courses there, some PLC, some other fun stuff, uh, at which point Orion actually placed me in my first position uh, out of the military as a production supervisor with MASCO. It was awesome. Uh, so awesome in that uh, I actually decided to join the team here at Orion to help veterans uh, replicate that same success, and I've been doing so for about the last two and a half years now. So. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you, and um, we haven't had a chance to work together too much, but hopefully that'll change here with this podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit more, like I said, about the topic today, which is um, selling yourself. And it's obviously very important in a job interview. It continues to be important throughout your career if you're looking to get a promotion or, you know, ask for a raise. You want to be able to sell yourself, talk about what accomplishments that you've had and um, do that successfully. It obviously can be very stressful. Even if you are a confident person, it can be a little bit stressful to do that. So today, I want to talk through some of the methods that you can do that and become more comfortable doing that. Um, Business Insider had a really good article on it, so I want to look at that briefly and talk through some of their tips that they provide and then get some of your input on each of them from your own experience and then also advice that you give to job seekers because obviously this is something that you're instructing job seekers on on a daily basis, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, definitely. I definitely do interview prep on a pretty consistent basis. So, yeah, let's dive in. Okay, awesome. So the first one is knowing your brand. And I think the word brand kind of gets tossed around a lot. um, And people maybe don't exactly know what it means within this context. So can you explain that a little bit? 
Of course. So really, you know, knowing your brand, what that means is understanding you as an individual, what you bring to the table to each individual role. And so one of the things I always tell candidates whenever we're initially starting prep is, you know, are you interested in going into sales? Right. And you'll usually get that. Ah, not really. You know, it, 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 it's actually funny because every interview you are, in fact, selling yourself and to that same point, you have to know what it is that you're selling and who better to do that than you, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, taking that and understanding what your brand is essentially is meaning who are you as an individual, what skills do you bring to the table, and, you know, being able to effectively articulate those in an interview. It's funny you mentioned the sales example because I think maybe it's just the word sales and selling that inherently makes people a little bit nervous because I know that we do see that with um, sales roles and that might be because people don't see there being like a direct equivalent of something that they did in the military so maybe some people want to kind of stick to that career path so that they don't have to get um, too far out of their comfort zone or maybe they really are just you know genuinely wanting to continue in that career path that they started in the military. But, you know, obviously with sales, there are so many perks to having a sales career. I mean, all of our account executives here are former military. And so mm -hmm. they were able to make that switch from being in the military with a variety of different backgrounds and go to sales. So it's not always about, um, I think people think of like the sleazy, like car salesperson <laughs> when they think of sales. Yeah. Right. So, I think it's just that word that inherently maybe makes people a little bit nervous. So I think that, you know, almost, yeah, like to this point, knowing your brand and kind of just knowing what sets you apart, it's more about um, selling yourself and selling ideas versus um, being pushy. And I think that's something that people kind of tend to maybe lump together. Right, exactly. I, that, the whole idea of sales at, at times can carry that negative connotation, but truly, in its purest form, an interview is you having a conversation with someone that has something that you want and you have something that they want. So really, you're both almost selling each other on, you know, mm -hmm. coming together and having that mutual, you know, a, agreement that yes, we can come and have, you know, a successful business together, if you will. So, yeah. Exactly. And in an interview setting, um, like you said, you have something that they want, they have something you want. In this case, it's, you know, it's you, it's your own skills and things that you can bring to the table. So they're looking to make sure that your purpose, mission, values, all of these things that you'll discuss within the interview process are in line with what they're looking for as well. Yep, exactly. Okay, so number two on the list is be a storyteller. And we've, like I said, we've had so many podcasts about interview preparation. This one is one that we have talked about before, and it's so important to be able to um, put into words not only what you've accomplished and things that you've done in military, but to do that clearly, because that's where there can be a little bit of a disconnect um, in the interview process. But can you talk a little bit more about this one and um, really the importance of being able to convey your story? Of course. So as most of our listeners have probably already heard of the STAR method, right? Situation, task, action, and result. Really the acronym, memorize it, don't memorize it. It's not, it's not really the important piece here. Really the important part of the STAR method is, like you said, being able to effectively articulate a story regarding your background and how it relates to a position. And what I mean by that is being able to start from the beginning, right? If you're telling a story about doing maintenance down in the pump room on an aircraft carrier or you're out in, you know, Iraq or something doing maintenance on a wheeled vehicle or whatever the case, you want to make the manager feel how hot it is down there. They want, they, like, they want to know all the little details about how 
your mind works from start to finish holistically to troubleshoot and repair or how you were a leader out in the field and really just give them those nitty-gritty details so when the manager is listening to your story, they could almost close their eyes and picture you doing it, right? Because the more you're able to articulate it in that way, the more clear it is that you're a fit for the position that you're interviewing for, right? If you speak in general terms and you're not really giving any real details, there's not really a whole lot of value there, right? And so really it's about, like I said, you know, finding those key stories about what you've done and your background of being able to share those effectively. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of what you were talking about is in line with what this article says, where it says to be animated and be enthusiastic. If somebody asks you about your background and you give them two sentences, they don't have anything to pull out of that and, you know, mm-hmm. ask you more questions and converse with you. So you're kind of setting the interview off on the wrong foot if you go into it and only have, you know, a couple of things to say and not really go into detail. And like you said, make them feel like they were there so that they can really, even if they don't have, you know, that military background, they can at least understand more of where you're coming from. And it's interesting, point one and point two actually coincide and shared quite a few commonalities because if you don't know your brand, then how can you tell a story about yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. again, I know we're kind of tie all this in at the end, but you know, most of these, you can kind of, again, you know, see, see those commonalities between how all of it just ties together, you know, at, at the end, you know, knowing your brand, knowing yourself, being able to tell those stories. So. Definitely. So the third one on this list is know your audience. And that's really important for any type of workplace scenario. But can you talk through this one in more detail and why it's important during the interview process? Right. So. Knowing your audience, really the first step here, this is a term that gets thrown around and no one really knows what it means, but whenever someone tells you, do your research, right? Um, Really what that means is if you have the opportunity to know the manager's name or names that you're going to be interviewing with, do a quick LinkedIn search, right? Figure out and see, you know, uh, who they are, what their backgrounds are. Maybe you and they share some commonalities together uh, and also identify what part of the organization uh, they operate in. So whether they're in HR, whether they're actually in uh, a senior leadership position, whatever the case may be, but being able to understand their perspective and where they're coming from is going to just make your interviews that much more successful because you can tailor those responses to kind of their level. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, for instance, you're an electrician, right? And you're interviewing with the director of HR. If you start throwing around, you know, terms, you know, M coils, motor controllers, stuff, they're probably not going to be able to relate. And so, you know, being able to break it down, like I call it big bird, to cookie monster, right? And actually share with them in a more relatable way, uh, you can prepare yourself to have a more successful interview that way. Um, I would say that's that's probably the, the, the biggest thing there is really getting a, a really strong understanding of who it is that you're actually talking to. The next part of that really is the company also, right? Doing your research on the organization to see maybe what's important to them, what their corporate culture is, what their core values are, and being able to, again, know that audience and relate to them. So let's say one of their core values is honor, and you're a Navy veteran, right? Well, you can pull from that and bring that example saying, well, I understand, you know, you all's core values include honor, integrity, and something. Well, in the Navy, one of our core values also is honor, and here's a story about how that's important to me, or something to that effect. But, you know, again, it's all about finding that common ground between you and the hiring team to make you likable and hireable. 
Which one of these things, um, so you gave two different points, one about knowing your audience in terms of who you're going to be interviewing with, so the individuals themselves and then the company. Do you think that the first part of that is the one that is more overlooked, or in your opinion, is it the company information that's more overlooked? I think it's more the individual than it is the organization. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know to or uh, are able to, for that matter. You know, a lot of times you don't know who it is you're interviewing with, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know working with Orion. And that's Orion, something you could always ask. It is, yes. Especially working with you know, Orion, we have those hiring managers' names and numbers and contacts, and we're able to share that with you to make your interview more successful. So as you're engaging with your recruiter, definitely ask the question, hey, I know I have an interview tomorrow. What's the maintenance manager's name, right? And that mm -hmm. recruiter will get with, you know, the team here and be able to kind of get that information for you. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, another thing just going off of, you know, talking about researching the company, every company, if they're hiring new people, it's to accomplish some sort of goal or mission. So every company is always thinking forward um, to some sort of mission or something that they're trying to accomplish. So it's great to look up, look at their website and see what they do as a company, but it's awesome if you can look at some of their news releases and their social media channels and see if there's anything coming up that's happened or any like type of expansion or new product or anything that you could also reference in the interview to show that you also know, um, hey, I'm, I've, I've seen what you have online and I can see where you guys are trying to go. I want to be part of that. I think that would help as well to just um, let them know that you are also looking forward to those accomplishments as well. I completely agree. I actually have a pretty pretty cool small and personal story of uh, uh, getting uh, my career with Masco, kind of landing that interview. Um, so initially, uh, you know, I'd gone online to their website and I identified that they had this program called MGCAT. It was their uh, community outreach program where they went out and did, you know, Habitat for Humanity, all these like really, really cool community service projects. And so during my panel interview, one of the panelists was the director of HR, Deborah. And so I directed the question towards her and I said, you know, Deborah, I was looking online and I noticed you all have this awesome program called MGCAT. If offered the opportunity to join your team, how do I become a part of that? And her face lit up, you know, oh, that's my pet project. Oh, wonderful. Let's talk more about that. So that, you know, being able to show not only interest in the organization, but just a genuine interest in them, right, as, as a collective, the hiring team there, because they're already invested, right? They're already a part of that mm -hmm. team. And so being able to show that, that genuine interest there through good questions, through good research will always land you the interview. So or That's that a great example. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. One thing that kind of um, I thought of when you were telling that story was it could be something as simple as a shared interest that you both have from the past that you might see online. Maybe you went to the same university or, you know, you're from the same hometown or it's something that you could find simply on their LinkedIn or, you know, just anything that you can find that is going to lay ground for some sort of commonalities are really going to set you apart from, you know, anyone else who's interviewing for the job. So that's a great example that you just gave. Thanks. So the fourth thing on this list is show, don't tell. This kind of goes back to the whole um, idea of being able to tell your story just in terms of the fact that you want to be able to explain things clearly. You want to give enough color to, um, you know, what you're talking about to where people can um, kind of see where you're coming from versus you just giving like a one or two 
sentence statement about it. Um, but this one kind of talks more about being able to illustrate the story you're sharing. So when you're talking about accomplishments to not just say, oh, I did this, but to be able to kind of tell why that was important. So can you talk about this one a little bit more? Of course. So as a lot of us know, former military guys and gals, um, the way I would describe this would really be think back to when you got your evaluations, right? Every evaluation that you got had some form of qualifying or quantitative quantifying uh, data that showed the importance of what you did. So whether it's, you know, accomplished a maintenance item to save the Department of the Navy $5 million, you know, or whatever the case may be, but being able to identify what the overall impact was of what you did and show, you know, the actual, I guess, end result in that quantifiable or qualifiable way. So um, the manager can see you know, hey, what this individual has done really and truly had an impact past just, you know, doing the initial action. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And as much as you can, you should try to do that on your resume as well. Um, if you're going to, you know, throw out a key figure of something you did, you want to say the impact of it so that they know why that's important because they're not always going to understand why something you did in the military would be relevant until they see, okay, this person ranked number one in this particular task out of how many people. So you have to put something like that that kind of makes it say, oh, okay, that's, that's very impressive. And they would be able to see that regardless if they don't know exactly what it means, they can see that it's impressive and that your resume is worth a second look and that you're worth interviewing. So I think that's good to include things like that on your resume as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Be, being being able to, to, to show, right? Like, as you said, if you're number one of your class, were you one of two or were you one of a hundred? Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That being able to quantify that is, is just it really, again, like you said, is just going to set you apart. Yeah, definitely. So number five on the list is look for brand matches. Um, I think this one's really important because at the end of the day, like you said at the very beginning of this, they want something you have and you want something they have. But the only way it's really going to work in the long run is if you two are truly a good match for each other. So can you talk a little bit more about aligning your personal brand with a position or company? Of course. So I, I really feel like this, uh, this one ties specifically into knowing your audience. Really just this one ties everything together because, you know, being able to understand the business, what the position is, having done your research on the company, the position, the interviewers, also understanding your own brand, right? All of that ties together here at the end when it comes down to looking for brand matches, because if you haven't done those initial steps, how can you make a good match in your own mind, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, to that same point, you know, again, I like using electrical examples because that's my background. Um, so let's say, for instance, you have a uh, industrial electrician position that you're interviewing for and, you know, your entire career, you've done nothing but electrical work. That's an easy one, right? But let's say, for instance, you're going into a brand new industry. Let's say you're going into biomedical, right? You've never worked on an MRI machine before, but you're forced to find commonalities between your background and working on this MRI machine that you've never touched. And so, again, that comes down to doing research on the piece of equipment, understanding, okay, well, they're still going to have the same overall underlying systems. My ACDC theory background still going to relate. And again, finding that match between your experience and the industry or the company or the position that, that you're actually going to be interviewing for. Mm -hmm. And the 
the bottom line here is really retention is such a hot topic for anybody who's like in the you know HR world right now because it is hard to retain talent. But I think part of that is just because the chemistry is not there. You want to be able to have values that align with the company that you're working with. And at the end of the day, I mean, I've been at Orion for um, coming up on six years now. Nobody right. likes to look for a job. You know, everybody no. hates the whole job search process. And there are obviously um, organizations like Orion and different things that you can do to alleviate some of the pain points and job searching, but it's still not really a fun thing to do. So you may as well, when you're no. looking for a job, make sure that, you know, the company that you're interviewing with and the company that you're potentially going to work for is somewhere that you want to stay long term. I completely agree. And, you know, to, to that same point, you know, during the interview itself, I always like to share this with candidates is that interviewers, managers, they hire who they like, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about, I mean, part of it is, of course, like your skill sets, having that common ground. You know, if you're an electrician, electrical role, you're an ET, you're a mechanic, uh, being the right profile fits, sure, but it's almost never the person that has the most stellar technical skills that gets the position, it's the one that actually is the most likable. And the way you get to that point are through what we've talked about today. You know, knowing your brand, being able to articulate well what it is that you've done, because again, that makes you come across as someone with integrity, honesty, someone that actually knows themselves, knows who they are, and also probably a little bit passionate, right? Um, all of those things combined make you that quote unquote likable individual, which will inevitably get you an offer. So definitely something mm -hmm. to keep in mind. Um, to that same point, I, I definitely also want to just touch on this real quick. I can't stress enough the importance of remaining positive in an interview. Um, it, it's absolutely invaluable, you know, as you're discussing your background, what you've done in your past, ensuring that everything that you you say is what I like to call a positive value added to you getting the position, right? And what I mean by that is every story, every word, everything that you say in an interview, take a second and think, does this help me get the job or does this detract from the rest of the interview? And so if you do that as you're practicing and you know actually prepping to interview, when it comes to game time and you're actually sitting down with the manager, you're gonna be a lot more successful. Mm -hmm. And going back to what you said about people wanting to hire people that they like, I don't know the statistics on it, but I, I honestly think that there are more times than not that someone might not have all of the qualifications, but they click in other ways to where um, someone says, okay, well, we think they're a good fit for the organization. They're trainable. We'll hire them over somebody who maybe we didn't click with as well. Um, but has, you know, more qualifications. So like I said, I don't know the statistics on that, but I know it definitely <laughs> happens and it's, and it's very common actually for that to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I literally every day um, when I get feedback from hiring managers, it's almost always, man, this guy, he's super, super strong technically, but we really probably not the best culture fit, right? Or maybe he wasn't humble enough to show that he mm -hmm. didn't or she didn't have the desire to learn or thought they might know everything, right? But mm -hmm. it's the other individual that comes in hungry, wanting to learn, wanting to be trained, that has that positive vibe, that enthusiasm, that drive, that passion. That's, that's the individual that gets hired at the end of the day. 
Exactly. Okay, so I feel like this Business Insider article is pretty extensive. I think you gave a lot of really great input, but is there anything that's not on this list that you think is crucial for candidates to know when they're, um, you know, thinking about the concept of selling themselves? Um, I think with regards to selling yourself, really the most important thing is know your resume right? Don't have something on your resume that you cannot speak intelligently to because if you do and you're asked a question about it during an interview and you can't, that's an integrity violation. And mm -hmm. I've, I have had a mul multiple times where a manager will say, hey, I asked this individual about their ability to troubleshoot PLCs. It's on their resume and they literally had no examples they could share. I don't want to move forward with this person because I can't trust what they're going to say. And so definitely important to QA your resume, make sure that every single bullet, every word is something that you're able to talk to in a real and positive way. Um, because if you don't, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And you never want to be as a job seeker in that situation anyway. I mean, interviews, no. there's already so much stress that can come along with it. You may as well not, you know, lie about something that's going to put you on the hot seat in intentionally. I mean, there's just no point. I completely agree. And the, the the last part here for me is just that every single person, whether you're interviewing for a VP role, an electrician position, a driver role, some logistics coordinator role, and every single person is nervous. Mm -hmm. Everyone is. And so the way you overcome that is by knowing your brand, knowing your resume, preparing for the interview. And so if you don't, if you have things on your resume that you might not be able to speak to, if you're asked about them, your nervousness factor just shot through the roof, right? Mm -hmm. So exactly. make those things relatable in your mind so that whenever you sit down, it's just you talking about yourself in a Definitely. very easy, simple way. And that's the difference between having a successful and a not successful interview. Yeah, definitely agree. Well, you know, another thing that I wanted to talk about um, briefly is just, you know, I, I think I've heard a lot that people find it a little, veterans find it a little bit more difficult to sell themselves in an interview versus civilians. And um, the thing that I've always heard the reason for that was more uh, because when you're in the military, it's more focused on teamwork versus, you know, claiming individual accomplishments. Is that the case in your opinion too? And if yes, what are some of your tips as a veteran for overcoming that? Well, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that it's all because we're, we're, we're not necessarily individual contributors. We're all working on a team. We are working on a team, yes, but we do all still have the ability to identify where we made an individual impact. And again, that comes from prepping, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think really the, the, more, the more challenging piece is a lot of times, especially on the technical side of the house, a lot of what we do doesn't necessarily directly translate, right? If you're an aircraft electrician and someone asks you about your PLC experience, like, oh man, I've never worked on those. But strangely enough, you have, you have that knowledge base. And so being able to sit down with your recruiter and say, hey, I know I, I don't necessarily have this, let them guide you through that and show you how, as an aircraft electrician, you do have PLC experience. That's being able to figure out where in your military career you have those little pieces, those nuggets of goodness that are going to relate to the civilian world, that, that's the hardest part, in my opinion. And that, again, just comes from prepping, comes from knowing your brand, 
and uh, and being able to master the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And another key piece to this is, you know, when you want to sell yourself and you think maybe you don't have the exact qualifications, make sure you highlight things like your attitude and your willingness to learn and, you know, give examples of times that you have excelled in a position in the past when maybe you didn't feel prepared for it and just things that you can highlight to overcome some of that as well. Definitely. So some people listening to this might think, you know, wow, this is all great advice, but then when they get to the point where they're actually preparing for the interview and thinking of ways that they can sell themselves, they might get stuck on thinking, well, what's the difference between bragging and selling yourself? And I know they they are a lot different. So can you explain why it's not the same thing and then also give some examples? Sure, definitely. So for me, the the what I always think back to is whenever we were in the service, we had to when you get to a certain point, you have to write your own evaluations and start writing evaluations for others. For me, writing my own evaluation was really hard because, again, that is truly you're bragging on yourself, right? And mm-hmm. that it's very different than when you're sitting down for an interview because it's it's understood that the purpose, the intent of an interview is for you to be able to share what makes you stand out. Why are you a fit for the position? So it's more about what the intent of the actual process is than it is about, you know, the difference between the semantics between bragging and selling, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Understand that when you sit down with those hiring managers, they understand that the purpose of what you are saying is to share with them your stories and your background in a real way to get you the position. Now, the one thing you don't want to do is come across like someone that really just knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I you know, I I can fix it all. I've led 7,000 people. All these, you know, just over the top examples. No, make yourself relatable. Um make make the examples show that you're just a real person that's, you know, a good fit for the position. It's really the best way I can describe it. And nobody knows everything. I mean, you don't want to set yourself up as this person who is the end-all, be-all. I mean, I'm sure no interviewers really going to believe that anyway, but you don't really even want to put that type of pressure on yourself. You can talk about the things that you've accomplished in the past and what you've been able to do that will shed some light on what your capabilities would be in the future without, like you said, coming across as a know-it-all, like, oh, I can, you know, hire me for this job. I'm going to do better than anybody else. I mean, you could say something like that more tactfully, but – basically right. just letting them know, here's what I've done in the past, and I would want to apply that all of those lessons I learned in that scenario to help you guys with A, B, and C, you know, whatever the mission is that you've talked about. Definitely. I think really one of the great examples of that, that I saw in the article was, 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 was something to the effect of, you know, the difference between bragging and, and, and branding would be, you know, in bragging, you would say something like, I led my teams to more complex scenarios than any business can offer. Hire me. You won't regret it. That's that's just sound salesy, right? There's no value Mm -hmm. there. You've not really said anything that makes you, again, like I mentioned, likable, right? Right. That person that that says it in that way is not, is not, it's not a likable individual. However, saying it in a way such as, you know, using the leadership skills I gained in my military service, I'll be able to apply my listening, empathy, and training to create efficiencies throughout the organization. My goodness, who wouldn't want to hire that person, right? They're able to articulate specifically what it is about themselves that made them that good leader who was able to lead teams, right? So mm-hmm. very, it's, 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 a, it's almost an understood 
piece, you know, the difference between bragging and branding, but again, it comes down to preparing, right? If you don't already have those examples in your mind prepped of what it is that you're going to say, you might fall into the trap of starting to brag because you get nervous. Exactly. And then you seem to be, um, you know, a little bit self-absorbed, cocky, and nobody really wants to hire somebody like that. But you know, <laughs> no, so. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so any other advice that you would have for military job seekers on the importance of selling themselves or even how to feel comfortable doing so? Well, I think, you know, throughout the course of our discourse here, you know, a, a couple of, of the, the biggest things of importance to me when it comes to, you know, interviewing, being able to sell yourself, I just kind of want to reiterate them so everybody just really hears them again. Um, in my opinion, the most important thing is understanding that the purpose of the interview is to show the manager or managers that they have something that you want and that they also have something that you want, right? So that, that, that common ground piece is just the most important because, you know, through that, you become likable. Through that, you become someone they can envision picturing on that team that already exists, right? So they have to be able to see that, yes, I can integrate you into this piece that already is there in play and working, Right. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing, of course, also, you know, we kind of talked about this a lot, but, but that, that, that was understanding your resume, being able to articulate in real in a real way uh, stories about yourself. I always like to say you need to have three. Right. If you're a technician, you need to have three strong examples of a time where you had to troubleshoot and repair or, you know, learn a different system that you didn't already know about something to that effect that's going to add value. If you're a leadership candidate, the same thing there, you know, three examples of how you had to mentor someone that was struggling, right? Um, you know, leading teams, so on and so forth. Uh, finally, as my rule of threes, I know, I know you said you've already kind of covered this in a different podcast, but post-interview questions are the final piece to the puzzle, right? Um, in my opinion, those Again, those three questions that you want to have locked and loaded, you want to make sure that they're not those whiffums, right? The what's in it for me's, you know, about pay, benefits, vacation, things like that. They want to, again, add value to you as a candidate to get the position, right? So things like training, you know, you know, in the, in a, in, in the first 90 days, what's the typical training cycle look like? And is there anything that I can do to better prepare myself in the interim for this position? Right. That's a good mm -hmm. post interview question, right? You're talking about training, things like that. Um, you know, and so again, just having those three post interview questions locked and loaded will really just round out the interview at the end to make you successful. Awesome. Well, Daniel, I think you've given a lot of really great information here, and it sounds like, you know, just based on what you've shared with us today, that you obviously do a really good job of preparing candidates, too. So hopefully some of the listeners are fortunate enough to work with you, and if not, I'll make sure to have you back so they can hear more from you in the future. Definitely. I would really, really like that. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Megan. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.